It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We look at positional battles for the Baltimore Ravens as trading camp approaches next year on Locked On Ravens. You are Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As we return here with another episode of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostreicher of Ravens Wire. We're here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Ravens your first listen of the day. We're free and available on all platforms. Here today, we are back with a special guest who talked with us before the draft and times before then, too. Mr. Yeah. Theme Man, Hype Man himself. <laughs> He's the guy who's jamming in the background whenever the theme song plays. I love the energy. It's Engraven Viz. Engraven, great to have hey. you back on the show, man. How you doing today? I'm good. I, I know I told you before, but I love it, man. I, I love the theme song, man. I mean, and I got the mic in front of me. I feel like I'm about to start spitting, but let's go, man. <laughs> man we, can, we can make a like a Ravens theme, Ravens theme type song. We'll, we'll hey, get it started, man. It, it'll man, be, it'll too. be that'll, that'll be funny. But yeah, Engraven, we haven't talked since the draft. It feels like it's mm-hmm. been su- such a little amount of time has passed, but also it feels like it's been forever. Yeah. And the draft was really about a month ago. And the Ravens secured 11 players. <laughs> it felt like we were talking about, well, is it going to be like seven players? Right, yeah. Like nine mm-hmm. players. Mm-hmm. They got 11 guys. And I liked a lot of what they did in this draft. And mm-hmm. I haven't had a chance to ask you what your thoughts were. So between Kyle Hamilton, Tyler Linderbaum, David Ajabo, and the rest of the guys, mm-hmm. how did you feel like they did? Uh, the value was high with this draft. It, it, it was super, super high. Um, and they got a lot of depth. Like, like you just mentioned, when we talked before, I was thinking that they – no way that, that that they're drafting 10 picks and they end up drafting 11. Um, but, yeah, it, it's, it's crazy that they actually did that. And I, I know I said – I think I said I think they would keep like seven. I think you said maybe like nine. And, yeah, 11 picks. That That's crazy. But, anyway, um, I, I, I liked it. I, I liked everything that they did because they got quality starters for the right here, right now, in the future – and also depth pieces too. Um, you of course start off with with Kyle Hamilton. You get somebody who is regarded as the best safety coming out of college. I remember because um, y'all know I don't really watch college football like that, but I would just always hear about Kyle Hamilton. Oh, oh yeah, that's gonna be a top five pick, maybe even top four. But everybody kept saying top five, top five, top five. That's what they kept saying. Uh, shout out to Drake, by the way. But anyway, um, he when the Ravens got him, I'm like, hold up, man, they. They actually, because I remember when he ran a 40 and then everybody started dropping him and stuff. I'm like, really, over 40? But, you know, I know that a combine, it, people go crazy over the combine. Um, so for the Ravens to secure that, and especially with them signing Marcus Williams, they got him signed for five years. Kyle Hamilton, they have him for at least the next five years because he got the four-year deal with the fifth-year option. So they got their safety to the future. And then um, with them still having Chuck Clark for now, too, um, they they can do a lot. That gives them a lot of flexibility. Uh, with Linda Baum, he was somebody that was regarded as the best uh, center coming out of college this year, and and actually in a long time too. 
And with that, um, the thing that I appreciate about him uh, the most as being Raven Center is that it's just the consistency. Because Ravens, over the past couple of years, um, there's been a lot of uh, change at the center position. Um, with Bradley Bozeman, he played center last year for the first time in his NFL career, even though he played it in college, but he played it for the first time in his NFL career last year. Then, oh, he's gone. Uh, then with Patrick McCary, he had some times where he stepped in at center, uh, of course, mostly in 2019. Uh, and he did a good job there overall. Um, and then he stepped in in 2020 as well. Um, and I know most people remember the infamous playoff game, but that was his that was the most bad that he did. A lot of what he did was pretty good. Of course, there was Matt Skura as well. Uh, Matt Skura, he was up and down. 2019, he started off really good. But I say all that to say that the, the Ravens have had so much change at the center position. And some guys who have played center before, some guys who hadn't played center before uh, in the NFL. But now you're bringing somebody who's been playing throughout his collegiate career. And now he'll be playing in his in, in NFL too. So he has that level of consistency that we should expect. And, and he'll be somebody that's, all right, no, Lindebaum, we need you to learn center now. No, he already knows how to play center, and he's been doing it. So that should um, that should pay big dividends. Ajabo, um, my, my biggest question marks with the draft, um, Ajabo, everybody knows he can play, but um, when will you get him? Uh, I feel like anything this year uh, could should be considered a bonus from David Ajabo. Um, it's going to be fun to, to see, like, a Dafi away on one side and a Jabo on the other. Uh, that's going to be pretty cool, man. But when will we get it? Um, so I feel like that's more like a uh, – that was more – I don't even want to say a luxury pick but because I feel like Kyle Hamilton, that could have been a luxury pick too because they already had safeties. But, you know, that was really best player available. But um, it'd be nice if they could get him back this year, but I don't want them to, like, rush anything. Hopefully they don't rush anything with him. Um. But my, my another one of my question marks with the draft was, all right, what, what are they going to do uh, at the receiver position? Because when they traded Hollywood, I was for sure like, all right, they're going to take a receiver. It's coming up any, any second now, but they didn't. And every round that passed, I was like, okay, okay, still waiting. And they didn't. But besides that, I, I feel like they had a really good draft. Man. I feel, And, of course, they got like – they already had 50 tight ends on the roster. Now they got 52 tight ends on the roster. Um, and with, with, with Kyler and, and Likely – and Kyler, him resembling Mark Andrews. So to have possible two Mark Andrews, that couldn't be a bad thing. And then likely um, him being able to really stretch the field. Um, so even though he's not a receiver, uh, I'm sure they're going to move him around and have him. Because Greg Roman, that's one thing with Greg Roman, man. It, with the receivers, you can question it a little bit. But with the tight ends, no, nah, he, he know how to use them tight ends. He will get the most out of them tight ends. Um, so that should be, it should be fun to see. Uh, but yeah, overall they did a, a pretty good job. And now at this point of the season, um, the draft looks even better for with the cornerbacks. Um, because they got Pepe Williams and um uh not Amon St. Brown. I can't Amor, Amor Davis. Oh, Amor Davis. There we go. Jalen Amor Davis. Okay, there we go. Um, so they, they got those two cornerbacks. Um, and before before the draft. They had uh, Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, of course, both of them coming back from injury. Um, and then they drafted those two cornerbacks. But now, And then, of course, they still got Brandon Stevens. He'll play some corner, too, or Darius Washington. They got some options. But then they added Kyle Fuller after the draft. So they made their veteran presence at corner that much stronger. And now those, those guys are really depth pieces now. So it just – they got a lot of good quality depth. Um, and, of course, some guys that we talked about earlier that could come in and start. 
And then along the defensive line, Calais Campbell's obviously up there in age. Um, so he, I know, I think they signed him to what a two year deal, I think. Um, Michael Pierce, he's back right now, too. So they have some veterans up there. And then you got Matt BK, um, who's again, cut, continue to show flashes. We're just waiting on the, the consistency. And that could be with lack of opportunity. That could be, that could come with him getting more opportunity. We'll see. Um, but then for them to get Travis Jones in the third round, I believe. Um, oh, yeah, third round. Mm-hmm. Third round, right? Yeah, okay. Yep. So, um, and he was somebody that a lot of people felt like was the second best uh, interior defensive lineman right behind Jordan Davis. Um, so for them to get him, and it just, it, it, it speaks well for their future. Uh, Ravens, they, they really, and you want to do that with every draft. Uh, but with this draft, it addressed so many different areas uh, of the Ravens' future. Um, especially on defense, but on offense as well. Uh, and we don't want to think, just to go back to the uh, tight ends for a little bit, we don't want to ever think of a scenario where Mark Andrews is hurt, but you got to stay ready so you don't got to get ready. Uh, Nick Boyle, we have seen scenarios where he's been hurt. Um, so Ravens, they are loaded there, loaded there. Um, they were like, all right, if we're going to keep Greg Roman, all right, cool. We're going to give Greg Roman everything in his power uh, for him in order in order for him to be successful. Uh, so I respect that. And just looking forward to seeing what this offense can do and, and just looking forward to seeing this, this defense that got hit up bad last year with injuries. I mean, offense did too, the whole team did. Um, but now the defense, they just look like really, really loaded. Um, the only position where I, I questioned after the draft, uh, I got to take a look at some of the more, the undrafted free agents that they signed, like for goal and, um, and uh, is it Oosh? No, not Oosh. Is it Ross? It's another linebacker they, that they signed too. Yeah, Josh Ross from Michigan. Ross. Okay, there we go. Um, so yeah, I got to take a look at them, but that's the only position where I feel like after the draft and after undrafted rookie free agents, that there's the biggest question marks for me. Just so linebacker and wide receiver right now, but overall the draft, it was a one. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think they did a good job of balancing out picking for need with picking best player available and some guys mm-hmm. overlapped. So you didn't necessarily have it be one or the other, but I mean, Kyle Hamilton, you're right. They didn't, they didn't need a safety, but mm-hmm. at the same time, a player like that, you just, you can't pass up on that talent. It's a good problem to have you, you take the talent, you figure it out later. The Ravens will have to figure it out, but I think it's what they have. So overall, I like that draft a ton, but Ingraven, you mentioned Kyle Fuller. The Ravens have made a couple mm-hmm. of signings ever since the draft, you know, mm-hmm. with Fuller, Mike Davis, Vince Beagle, yeah, Brent Urban, another reunion tour for the Ravens coming back. Forgot about that. Mm-hmm. How, how have you liked a couple of those signings, Fuller in particular, with what they can bring to this team if they make the roster, which Fuller, I mean, it feels likely for him. Yeah, for Fuller, I, I really did like that one. And with Ravens signings, it's crazy because they all just, they pop out of nowhere. And it's always guys that nobody really is talking about like that. You don't hear any any reports on, oh, the Ravens are interested in these players. You never hear anything about any of these guys. Then all of a sudden, boom, you get a notification, oh, Ravens signed such and such. Um, But Kyle Fuller, like I was talking about before, um, just to to bring that veteran uh, presence, somebody who can play both in and outside. And he's not the best cornerback in the world, but he's certainly not the worst either. Uh, But the expectations from him, or not that he's going to come in and be uh, – he ain't got to be locked down or whatever. He just got to be solid because he's expected to be sort of that third guy, that slot guy, um, and somebody who just in case anything were to happen to Marcus Peters, just in case Marlon Humphrey, even though Marlon Humphrey's been at OTAs and he's been looking good to go, um, you just – more quality depth in, in this 
just great to have. Uh, so he's been one of my favorite signings. Um, also, uh, Marcus Williams. Marcus Williams, them getting a safety that's rangy and a safety that's still young. That was probably the thing that stuck out to me the most, the fact that they paid him so much money and he's still young. Uh, so I really appreciated that. But also um, Morgan Moses. I, I really like that signing as well because it gives you a, a starter on the offensive line. Um, and they signed him before the draft. So we, we figured they were going to draft at least probably like two offensive linemen, and they did. Um, but they also they signed him before the draft, so that allowed them to be more flexible and put less pressure on them heading into the draft and also put less pressure on Lamar Jackson because we needed to upgrade the offensive line big time. Uh, so those three signings probably were some of my favorite. Um, with the Brent Urban signing, uh, it just seems like that may be uh, – that, that may be a signing to where uh, Derek Wolf gets a little tap on the shoulder. Hey, Mr. Wolf, uh, thanks, but we're going to go in a different direction. We'll see, though. Still early, but it's uh, I, I think it's looking like it, but we'll see. Yeah, and post-June, I mean, we're we're in June now. It's June 1st, this episode here, so it mm -hmm. could happen where Derek Wolf and maybe, maybe another guy could be let go to get those post-June 1 savings and Brent Urban and Derek Wolf, decently similar players. So you could mm -hmm. look at it that way and saying the Ravens have, you know, seven defensive linemen who can make this roster. Maybe they want to go with six and one of them has to be the, the odd man out. And, and maybe it is Wolf, mm. who knows? But we'll talk about those positional battles on the defensive side of the ball in the final segment. In our second segment, we'll dive into offensive positional battles as training camp is approaching here pretty quickly all things considered so be sure to stay tuned for that still to talk about unlocked on ravens first though i do want to tell you a bit about built bar and we've been asking built bar for a while for different flavors a lot of people have and they delivered with built granola bars they're here they come in three unbelievable flavors you have chocolate peanut butter chocolate coconut white chocolate berry as well you can even try all three of them you can get a mixed box at built.com right now they have 150 calories 15 grams of protein only four grams of sugar Built granola bars will change your world but as crack the code on better granola they're the perfect health Healthy snack to pack in your lunch, take on the road, and eat as a snack. So if you've been waiting for those healthy and delicious granola bars to hit the market, this is your time. Head over to Built.com right now to get the built granola bars. Again, three delicious flavors to try. Chocolate peanut butter, chocolate coconut, white chocolate berry. Go to Built.com. Get those built granola bars. Now, again, go to Built.com. It's promo code LOCK15. Get 15% off of your order. It's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're back here. Our second segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Oshreker is still here with Ingrave and Vizzy. And thank you for making Locked On Ravens your first listen of the day and be sure also to check out the listener survey we have you put together the survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite locked on podcast even better it won't take super long and everyone who completes the survey qualifies for a chance in one of ten a hundred dollar Ticketmaster gift cards so take our audience survey today go to lockdownpodcast.com slash survey thanks for your help and engraven this <laughs> this team is one that's so deep right now yeah i think when you look at the roster compared to where they were, 
you know, last year at this time, I feel much more confident in the ability to say, you know what, if they get hit with a couple injuries here and there, they, they have the ability now to respond to those a lot better. And when looking at some of the positional battles on the offensive side of the ball, and this is more like a preview because training camp, we're still in OTAs, right? But right. training camp is approaching and it's approaching quickly. This The season in general is, I mean, we're mm -hmm. beginning off June here. The season will start in September. We're getting close. But mm -hmm. the offensive side of the ball in Graven, I feel like is just, you know, they, they have a lot to do with the success of this team, especially the running game. And the running mm -hmm. backs in Graven, I feel like is a position that, I mean, they have so much depth there. Tyler yeah. Beatty comes in, Justice mm -hmm. Hill coming back. You, J.K. Dobbins, I guess Edwards, we know who they are. But mm -hmm. there are other guys as well in this roster. Nate McCreary, you have Ricky Person as well. But Engraven, who are some of these running backs who you could maybe see vying for this number three job? Mike Davis mm -hmm. in there as well. And do you think they ultimately keep three or four running backs on this roster? You know, Ravens, they, they're going to run a football. Um and with the, the regular season rosters being expanded, um, and the Ravens haven't already kept four running backs uh, in the past, um, I could see them doing it again, uh, especially because their top two uh, are coming back from major injuries. Uh, so we know J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, they're locks. Um, I don't think anybody would disagree with that. Uh, so you have possibly one or two more spots left. Mike Davis is is very very he's a very interesting one. Um, he, they did sign him for that cheap. I think it was like a veteran minimum deal, uh, but he would bring that veteran presence there uh, to the running back room. Um, somebody with a, a lot of experience. He's played for a lot of different teams. And when I watched him, his running style it really reminded me uh, of a Mark Ingram. Uh, I really did. Uh, I don't I'm not sure how his personality is, but the way that he runs reminded me of Mark Ingram. Justice Hill. Um, Mm. It's tough, man. Uh, also coming off of a major injury, but he's back. They said he's been looking good and he's been full go. Um, but I, I just, I think it's going to be really, really tough for him to make the roster. I also actually thought last year that last year he was going to get cut, but then he ended up getting hurt. Um, and then, yeah, Nate McCrary, I think he may be a practice squad guy. Uh, Beatty. Beatty. I, I think that he could end up being the, the fourth guy that they end up keeping somebody they possibly may use on like special teams and whatnot and just uh him being a uh yeah just a, a reserve type of running back um so <clears throat> i think right now I, I will go with mike davis and, and Beatty as that sort of three third and fourth running back uh on raven's roster and i think they edge the other guys out right and, and graven almost feels like four running backs is kind of the norm for this team at least now <laughs> this season because you talked about the wide receiver position in the first segment they didn't address it in the draft they haven't signed a veteran mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. maybe this is a year they keep four running backs and five wide receivers instead of three running backs and six wide receivers and looking mm -hmm. at that wide receiver position they have a lot of undrafted guys who they brought mm -hmm. in big body type players it seemed like yeah. they wanted a specific mold of guys mm -hmm. and they brought them in the top four you have obviously rashad bateman james Perchet, Devin duvernay Tylen Wallace, but mm -hmm. assuming the Ravens do keep five, they have a couple undrafted guys. They also have Benjamin Victor and Jalen Moore, two guys that I I think are almost a little forgotten. But so when you look at that positional battle in that grouping, do you feel like maybe the the experience would maybe give an edge to Victor or Jalen Moore? Do you feel like mm -hmm. an undrafted guy could really make a name for himself? Because we we know how much the Ravens like their undrafted rookies and how many undrafted guys have made this roster. That's true. Um, they is they usually every year. Uh, usually always have at least one 
uh, undrafted rookie that they keep on the roster. But yeah, that's a lot of questions there. A lot of questions. Yeah, we assume that uh, those top four that you mentioned, Bateman, Prochet, Duvernay, and Wallace, like like those guys are locks. Um, but after that, it's like, who, who's it going to be? Um, in my opinion, right now, uh, I think they would at least, I think they're going to add a veteran. Um, it's just a matter of who and when. Um, they could choose from one of the guys that are out there right now, uh, or they could wait till the post-June 1st cuts to see who comes available. Um, my thing with that is I, I would rather them add somebody sooner rather than later just to start trying to build that chemistry up. Um, and that's for when, when Lamar does return and whatnot, so he can start working on that with his guys. And then, of course, through training camp, when they really ramp stuff up, because uh, that's where it counts the most. Um, you know, OTAs, they like – OTAs is nice, but it's not like the end-all, be-all, of course. But um, back to the receivers, um, it's going to be tricky. It's going to be really, really, really tricky. Uh, Makai Polk, he's the name that I will watch for. Um, I just was I, I was just looking at uh, Shamar, Shamar Bridges uh, a couple of days ago. Um, and he he's very he's he's six he's six four, but he's really smooth, man. His route running is really smooth. So I, I but I just I I'm not sure that I would feel not that they couldn't do it, but how much confidence would Ravens put in an undrafted rookie free agent? making a team and then of course them running with their four guys that they have now and then possibly maybe like Benjamin Victor as well being that sixth guy um that would be a very very young 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 wide receiver room which is not necessarily a bad thing um but I just don't see the Ravens going that route because it's just not very Raven like but Eric DaCosta has been sort of trying to change the narrative in bits and pieces at the wide receiver position so you never know, but I, I still think they're going to end up signing a, a veteran. Right. And there's just the experience a veteran guy has is very valuable. Mm -hmm. So look, while, while the Sammy Watkins signing didn't work out on the field Ooh. and some of those other ones, you talk about Michael Crabtree and Jeremy Mack, mm -hmm. and we, we can go on for hours about this. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I think that still having a veteran in that room and the Ravens getting rid of either trading or just cutting the two fourth year guys on their roster, that leaves then the top four two guys going into their third year, two guys mm -hmm. going into their second year. It is a very young mm -hmm. room engraving. I completely <laughs> agree with you. Yeah. And you talk about having all those, those 52 tight ends on the roster. It, it doesn't feel like there's like much of a competition. It feels like the Ravens, it, feel, it almost feels like the most likely guy to get released is Nick Boyle. And that's someone who I wouldn't want the team to release in general. You know, I feel like Andrews Cole are likely outside of, outside of the other guys are locks boil someone who I also think is personally a lock, but if the Ravens want to keep three tight ends, they want to put another roster spot elsewhere. They don't trust Boyle's health, whatever it may be, that could be a thing, but I think four tight ends there. I don't think there's a route for, for Josh Oliver or any of those yeah. other guys to make the roster. Do you feel, do you feel that way? Yeah, I, I don't, I think Josh Oliver is going to end up being on the outside looking in. Um, yeah, I think, Likely and, and Kyla are definitely going to be here. Of course, Mark Andrews, obviously. But I, I do think Nick Boyle stays, too. Um, that is a lot of tight ends. But, yeah, I, I do think Nick Boyle stays, too. And the, the biggest reason that I think he stays, for me, I, I initially, like, question, oh, are they going to keep Nick Boyle? Are they going to do, like, a post-June 1st? Or what's going to go on with that? But when – I think it was about a week ago, uh, maybe a week and a half ago, uh, but when he, he restructured his deal, 
Um, when he did that, I was like, oh, okay. Well, Nick Boyle, he ain't going nowhere then. Um, now, anything is still, of course, possible. Um, but that led me to believe that, that Nick Boyle is going to end up staying. So, and again, this is a very tight end heavy offense. Um, and I think that one of the, another reason that I think that they'll keep four um, is just because with Patrick Ricard too. Uh, with Pat Ricard, he had some injuries last year. And, of course, Nick Will had some injuries last year. Sometimes Pat Ricard had to line up at tight end. So I think they want to avoid that and then to sort of try to cover a bit for Pat Ricard. Because, you know, like Nick Boyle, he can go back there and play fullback. And tight ends, they can uh, sort of make that little mini transition to fullback and whatnot, uh, if need be. Um, so I, I think they end up keeping four. Uh, and I think it's, yeah, Andrews, Boyle, um, Kyler, and, and like. Yeah, it seems like the most likely route, you know, no pun intended there. Ah, likely, yeah. but okay. I feel like yeah, we, we could definitely see a roster this year in Graven with, with four running backs, five wide receivers, four tight ends, which is a very run style <laughs> thing to keep. But yeah. we know when this Ravens team is at their best, they are running the football effectively while also having mm. that pass game to complement it. Not saying, again, Lamar Jackson can't throw the ball. That's not what I'm saying. I know someone's going to take it that way. So let me mm. clarify. That's not what oh, I'm yes. saying whatsoever. But I do feel like we could see that. And I think what makes this run offense go starts up front on the offensive mm -hmm. line. We saw that, I think, a lot in 2021. Hopefully, Ronnie Stanley is yeah. able to return to full health. Yeah. I think the big competition, though, Ingrid, and I want to ask you about here is the left guard position mm -hmm. because they have a bunch of guys who could win that. It feels like it's mm -hmm. almost like a four-man race at this point. You have Pasha McCary, who with the selection of Tyler Linderbaum, there's a little more flexibility with what he can do. Ben mm -hmm. Cleveland. There's Tyree Phillips and also mm -hmm. Ben Powers. Do you, do you have an eye on anybody in terms of who you feel like could win that right now? Or is it still too early to tell for you? You know what's crazy? And it's, of course, no disrespect to him at all. I, I always forget that Ben Powers is still on this team um, because he's somebody that I thought that they were going to release like a, a, a long time ago. Um, but he, he's still there. And maybe I might confuse him a bit with Ben Bredesen, who they traded to the Giants, I think, a couple of years ago. But either way. Um, there's, like you mentioned, a lot of competition at that left guard spot. Um, and all the guys, they, they have experience. Um, cause Tyree Phillips, he was, uh, yeah, he won the starting job at left guard, but then he got hurt in that first game. Um, then of course, Ben Cleveland, he finished the season at left guard. Um, powers, like you mentioned, still there, McCary, uh, he's that sort of do it all type of guy. Um, so I think right now, uh, as it stands right here, right now, um, I think it would be between mainly Tyree Phillips and, and, and Ben Cleveland. Um, but what the good part about it is that, like, for instance, with those two, all right, for whoever wins and whoever loses, it's like, all right, you have somebody that has experience being a starter uh, as a backup. Um, and that's for a, a lot of the positions on the offensive line, really. Uh, Ronnie Stanley's health, it, it can make life so much easier for everybody. Ooh, I, yeah, we all hope that he's, he's healthy. Um, and everything so far is so good, but of course, we got to actually see him out there uh, before it's official. Um, but he would allow the Ravens to really put their best five out there and, and nobody would end up having to win a position battle due to injury. I always hate when position battles are decided like that. Um, so yeah, hopefully Ronnie Stanley is there and, and he will give them again, more flexibility, like you mentioned as well. Um, 
so everybody could truly play their position. They wouldn't have to switch. All right, we need you on left, left tackle now. All right, we need you a left guard. We need you so they could play their true positions. Um, but as far as left guard, yeah, I think it's a uh, it's a it's a race between Ben Cleveland and and Tyree Phillips right now. I think Phillips is honestly very underrated. I think people look at his tackle play and they think, oh, my, not Tyree Phillips. Come on. And, and, I, and I'm thinking, look, I get it. Like, Tyree Phillips is not a tackle at the NFL level. I understand mm-hmm. that. But at guard, we we saw some flashes from him. And I know everybody is on the Ben Cleveland train. Look, I like Ben Cleveland a lot personally. But at the end of the day, I think it's healthy to have that competition there. I mm-hmm. Ben Powers could make a run, but maybe this is more of the Ben Bredesen thing where, you know, they don't have a spot from on the roster. They trade them yeah. for a pick, and, and that's what that is. So there's a lot to kind of dive into with that left guard position. Of course, as we get closer to training camp, we'll kind of learn more, figure out more about it, obviously. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about defense next. We'll head into our final break. We'll talk about defensive positional battles coming up here. So be sure to stay tuned. Still a ton to talk about here. First, though, I do want to tell you a bit about Bet Online with the NBA Finals fully here now. Our partners, Bet Online, continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, visually baseball scores, fights, and even NFL futures for next season, which are really creeping up quickly here. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from my betting to the playoffs, esports, and more. It's the website today. Use mobile device to learn more about the trends in action bet online where the game starts if you're looking for the most comprehensive nfl draft coverage this offseason look no further than the locked on nfl scouting podcast join the draft dudes kyle krabs and joe marino as they go position by position through the nfl free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 nfl draft If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're back here. Our final segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Allstriker still here with Ingraven Vids. Mm -hmm. And Ingraven, I I was so excited to talk about positional battles here. I I didn't shout out the person who actually asked the mailbag question for it yet. So (laughs) let's let's talk about it here. Uh, Question from Ravens fan says, good morning, Kevin. What positional battles on offense and defense are you most looking forward to seeing and unfolding during the offseason and training camp? Thanks. Mm -hmm. And, And this was a great question. And really, the one that I wanted to kind of save and talk about defense in the third segment, because the defensive line, is super deep right now Mm -hmm. at the time of this recording seven guys on this defensive line who i think are near locks to make the roster but again it's do the ravens keep seven do they keep Mm -hmm. six is it even five guys are they gonna they have to make a couple tough decisions here Mm -hmm. so this question here from ravens fan i think the one that i'm most excited to see on defense is the defensive line because you have clays campbell michael pierce Derek Mm -hmm. wolf brent urban travis jones justin medibike broderick washington that's a lot of talent Mm -hmm. there but Engraven, do you see an odd man out there? If there is one, is is it Derek Wolf? Is that the one who you feel like is going to be? If there is, yeah, one? yeah, it, it would be Derek Wolf. Um, because I just it, it's it's like all signs are like almost pointing to it, especially with the Brent Urban signing and the and the timing of it too. Um, I, yeah, I, I think it would definitely be Derek Wolf. Yeah, and it, again, Urban and Wolf are pretty similar players, so. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't shock me. There's been a lot of uncertainty surrounding Derek Wolf over the past year or so. (laughs) It's been a very interesting, I'd say, situation. And again, maybe Mm -hmm. Wolf shows up, he plays everything, everything is great. But 
for now, it's kind of like, where where is Derek Wolf? What What is up with Derek Wolf at this point? So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be shocked to see him let go. I also wouldn't be surprised if he showed up and played. Like, like it, it, w- it wouldn't necessarily shock me there either. Mm-hmm. But the Ravens have enough depth, I think, to – I think mitigate the loss of Derek Wolf, who on the field in 2020 was one of the best run stuffers in the league, played really, really well for them on the field. So oh, I think yeah. he can still play at that level, assuming the, the back is healthy and everything's good with, with everything with what he's doing there. But mm-hmm. again, kind of an interesting situation. But in Graven, a lot of the defensive positional battles, they feel pretty set. Like cornerback, they, they're mm-hmm. pretty set. I feel like right. there wouldn't be a ton to look at there. Safety, same thing. But actually looking at corner, I think the slot corner position battle is going to be one to look at because Tavon Young departs, but mm-hmm. there are guys who could vie for that spot. Mm-hmm. If they play Marlon Humphrey inside a lot more, is it Ardarius Washington? Is it Brandon Stevens? Is, mm-hmm. is it Pepe Williams? You have a lot of quality options there. Do you mm-hmm. feel like it could be a rotation as one guy take that role? How, how are you feeling about that right now? I, I like that. They have uh, so many options, uh, a scenario that I envisioned um, one day, if they could, uh, if they because Brandon Stevens is gonna be on the field, like he's one of those players that the Ravens really, 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 really love. Uh, and they showed that from jump last year, preseason. Uh, you saw that guy on the field a lot, and then it transferred in the regular season too. Um, but with them signing uh Marcus Williams, that took Brandon Stevens out of that safety role, uh, or out of that primary safety role. Um, and I'm sure he's going to be used at cornerback a lot, but I wonder uh, if there will be a scenario where they have Brandon Stevens at outside corner and they kick Marlon Humphrey in the slot. Um, and then, of course, Marcus Peters at that other outside corner, or even vice versa, you have Brandon Stevens in the slot. Um, and Kyle Fuller, like Kyle Fuller, he's somebody else that could be that that primary slot corner too. Um and then our Darius Washington, it was said last year that he was looking like he was going to be uh, like a sort of backup slot corner. Um, so I just I love that uh, you mentioned Pepe as well. But I love that the Ravens. I love that we have these questions because that means that there is good depth there. Um, and there are different guys that could fill in that role. Um, but I think that the two top guys would be be between Kyle Fuller and Brandon Stevens. Yeah, and I love I love that Fuller does give the inside outside versatility, especially mm-hmm. as a veteran, because we were kind of talking about it a bit throughout the course of the show. It was almost like, okay, Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, great. If they're fully healthy, that's awesome. But what's behind them? Mm-hmm. It was a bunch of inexperienced depth, which I mean, look, guys can jump onto the scene, right? Guys can have great starts to their careers, but I feel like having a veteran just stabilizes that, especially if it's more of a depth piece instead of a you're expected to come in here, be the number one guy, you know, mm-hmm. have 10 interceptions or whatever. I think Fuller, he, he he struggled in 2021 for sure in Denver, but I think he can have a bounce back year in a Baltimore secondary that I expect to also have a bounce back year. So they'll, they'll be working together to kind of, you know, repair, mm-hmm. repair their reputations for sure. But, you know, Engraven, we have a couple other mailbag questions here. I wanted to first start off with one from Afita Foy. He says, hello, Kevin. So far before June 1st, what is your favorite signing slash pick and the potential most surprising cut? Thanks for your show and have a nice day. Well, thank you. You have a nice day, too. And, yeah, Engraven, there are a ton to choose from here. I mean, you could look to Marcus Williams, look into to Morgan Moses, even if you want to go the pick round. I, I love the mm-hmm. Kyle Hamilton selection. I thought that Travis Jones – incredible value there could also be some surprise cuts i feel like Derek wolf at this point is probably the one for me but engraven who, who's the guy mm. who you feel like is your favorite signing slash pick and who's the guy you feel like could be like the most surprising cut for you 
Favorite signing probably uh, Marcus Williams. Um, just to give us the the Ravens that range, uh, just to give them a, a playmaker um, at the safety position, um, somebody who can who can do a lot, uh, and somebody that has experience as well, uh, playing for a good defense like he did over there with the uh, the New Orleans Saints. Um, as far as pick, uh, oof, man, favorite pick. Um, Mm. Ah, that's tough. Maybe uh, when I really think about it, uh, maybe Linda Baum. And, and the reason is because because it's obviously not the sexiest pick, but it's a uh, it's a pick that helps everybody on offense, uh, and it's a pick that stabilizes everything and everybody on offense. Um, and it's something for the future. It's something that helps Lamar with protection. Helps the running game. Uh, it obviously helps the passing game too. Um, so yeah, that would yeah that would be mine for the pick. My favorite pick. Yeah, I I love the Linderbaum pick at twenty five. There were where there were other options that I felt like they could have gone with. I mean, Jermaine Johnson was a very popular one, so I wouldn't mm-hmm. say that you know Linderbaum is a player that has no flaws. I mean, people look at his size, look <laughs> at the arm length, and they say, well, how is he gonna how is he gonna be able to do that? But I don't knock players for size as much as other people do. I feel like, again, if you can play, you can play. You know, we've seen that with safeties throughout the league. And look, center's different for safety. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, I I love the – I thought the Eagles were trading ahead of the Ravens for Kyle Hamilton. And I thought, oh, well, all right, here, here it goes. Because if you remember, there was that run on Ravens targets pretty early on in the draft. Then it was the run of, like, four wide receivers in a row mm-hmm. or something or four in the five picks. So then a guy like Hamilton falls. And that was really impressive to me. They were even able to stay and get him. They were patient. They stayed and they still got a guy who was probably mm-hmm. super high on their draft board at number 14. And the yeah, cut right. for me, I feel like it could be, I, I guess Derek Wolf at this point. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. really see anybody else. It's training camp kind of gets closer, starts going. We can maybe see some more guys who are, Oh, is this guy going to get cut? Is that guy going to get cut for now? I'll say it's Derek Wolf though. Mm-hmm. But our last question here comes from Didi Zagal who says, can you talk about what you saw in the Ravens wired inside Ravens rookie mini camp video? And so, yeah, the Ravens media team does a great job with these um, putting together and giving a lot of people an inside look at what goes on here. And I think a moment that stuck out to me, was talking about someone you talked about Shamar Bridges where T Martin ends up saying well Shamar Bridges has been the one who's picked up stuff the fastest picked up stuff the quickest and has been impressive so engraving did you did you take away anything else from that video and what the Ravens showed there you know like you mentioned the Ravens the the media team they do a phenomenal job uh it's high quality they they um they're very fun they keep us engaged but I did not watch it so I cannot comment on it <laughs> Well, that's okay. You know what? I think some of my favorite parts of those videos are the ones that you you just you don't expect. In the it's almost like the craving. It feels like you're there. It feels like you're in in the the draft room on on the sideline. They do they do a great job with getting the film, getting the getting the mic'd up moments. Mm -hmm. I remember the wired against the Jets back in uh, 2019, where they had Lamar (laughs) and Marquise Brown riding out on the on the the golf cart, whatever it was. I can't remember exactly what it was, but. You know, and then the more it's like, you know, hold my quarter, hold my. I mean, th- those are the those are the moments you love to see from mm. these players, and especially with these rookies who just seem so excited to be out there. Yeah. I mean, it, it was a great thing to see. So I I like Shamar Bridges a lot personally. I know you talked about him a bit earlier in Graven, mm-hmm. but I feel like this undrafted wide receiver room. If the Ravens don't up going the better route, my choice is still Julio Jones because of that big body type guy. 
I feel like the Ravens have some guys who could play, and if they keep five wide receivers, don't go the veteran route, one of those guys could potentially make an impact for sure. But in Graven, that's all I have you today. Thank you so much for hopping on, talking Ravens football with me once again. It's always a blast talking with you, but tell people where they can find you, what you're working on with your work recently. Hey, uh, I appreciate you having me on again. Um, the channel is Engraving Vids, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. It's all Engraving Vids. Um, and we just, whatever the Ravens have going on, really what's going on in the NFL, we, we on there talking about it. We uh, do videos every single day. Uh, fans of every single team, you're more than welcome. Come through. It's Team Keep It Clean. So it's a channel literally for everybody. It's family friendly, but we still have fun on this. So I, I appreciate you, man. Yeah, absolutely. And the link to Ingraven's channel will be in the description below. Be sure to check out his work. Drop a sub. I mean, you heard his great talking here for 40 minutes here today. Ingraven, I appreciate you so much. Thanks again. But that's all I have for you here today on Locked On Ravens. Thank you so much for tuning in. When we get back tomorrow, we'll be diving into more Ravens content here. So be sure to stay tuned for that, and I will see you tomorrow. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.